While we cannot believe that the football season has come to an end, we ended it so great with a phenomenal Super Bowl. We are talking all things uh, Super Bowl this episode. So fill up those wine glasses and tune in. Oh, I did everything in record time, but I did it. Uh, oh, God. If you guys join us every week, you know that I struggle every day trying to do everything behind the scenes for the 30-second ticker. So clearly, I'm not good at getting things done in 30 seconds or less. So don't ever trust me with anything you guys need done quickly. Um, but welcome, welcome to the Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is episode 105. 93. We Oh, I forgot to post our uh, graphic last week. Darn it. I want to keep posting. We're eight away, seven away. I'll post it this week. Don't worry. Yeah, seven, seven away to 200. And this is definitely always one of the uh, sensitive episodes of the year yeah. because football season is officially over. It is. And it's sad and it's weird. And you know, we have a lot of thinking to do over the next <laughs> couple months where it's like, what do we, what do we do? What do we, are we thinking about the draft? Are we thinking about next season? Are we thinking about preseason? What are we thinking about? So, um, but it'll definitely are thinking about a lot. A lot of stuff. So, I mean, in the past couple of weeks alone, Giants fans have been thinking about a lot and a lot has happened within our organization. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the coming weeks and months. The good thing, though, is that if you guys are so depressed at the NFL and even you know, college football is over as well, we're here for you guys week after week. We love the off season. We still come to you. We still give you football content. We're going to have some guests on in this off season. So you guys are not going to want to miss that. We won't give anything away, but just stay tuned. Obviously follow us on all of our social accounts. So you'll be, you know, you'll be in the, the loop on who's coming on, who's saying what, all that fun stuff. Um, before we get started, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I do want to just kind of like raise my glass and a quick toast to Katie and I lost our third host, our co-host last year, my dog Tucker. Um, it's been one year. I truly cannot believe it's been um, a year. I, I I cried like all day. So I think I'm done crying and I have makeup on so I don't ruin it. Um, I just, I miss him so much, but it was so fun to have him come on the show with us, you know, prior to COVID, all of that stuff, when Katie and I were in person at my parents' house coming to you live, you guys always saw him pop his little head up between us. You saw him, his famous move of walking up the stairs halfway through the show to go to bed because he was, he was an old man. <laughs> so he was going to bed at like 7.45 at night. I mean, living the dream, right? <laughs> um, but we just, we truly miss our, our co-host. Um, he was so great and just honestly like, I know last year, like I had mentioned that so many people were 
just super supportive. And so many people reached out even today, one year later, you know, so hearing from so many people and I just truly appreciate it. So I just want to raise my glass to Tucker. We miss you so much. We know you're watching us and hopefully maybe you can give us some of that tuck energy next year. We can get some giants W's under our belt. Absolutely. (laughs) Love you, Tuck. We do. We do love you so much. And listen, we've got a great, you know, group of dog supporters of us anyway. So obviously Katie's parents' dog is named Mr. Eli. So we've got a great, great group that is supporting us. If you guys have dogs, please share pictures to us. We love them. Show show the yeah. dogs in their Giants gear. Please don't put any other gear on your animals because I will call um, PETA. So don't <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just a quick, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Yeah. Um, so let's go move into the episode. So we asked you guys for questions. Uh, thank you as always for, you know, sending us great questions. Katie and I picked three that we really, really liked. So we'll go into those. Um, so just go ahead and get into it. So the first one, um, this is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. If San Francisco moves on from Jimmy Garoppolo, do you think they should roll with Trey Lance or bring in a proven veteran? This is such a hard question because I do believe that they're going to move on from Jimmy G and they drafted Trey Lance at number five last year. Okay. So you can't just, it's hard to just skip right over him because right. then it almost feels like you're admitting that maybe it wasn't a good draft or you don't believe right. in him and you don't think he can take over the franchise, but San Francisco is clearly in a position where they can win and they can win right now. And I think a lot of people felt that the only question mark on their team was the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. So if you were to potentially bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, let's say, like there's no doubt in my mind, as much as I don't like the guy, if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers next year, they're going to be a favorite right. to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with bringing a veteran. I, I am. Because I think even if it's not Aaron Rodgers, I, you know, I always give love to my boy, Kirky Cousins. Like, oh, yeah. Katie I feel loves like there are guys in this league that um, might be looking to leave their teams that could get it done with San Fran because Jimmy G almost did. And I don't think Jimmy G's bad. He's just very average. But if you got, bring in anybody that's like maybe a step above, you could potentially win it all. So I'm going to go with a bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So maybe mine's a little bit of a two-parter here. So, cause you can't tell me that Niners fans are not going to be like WTF. If they don't roll through, they spent a fifth pick on that fifth spot on a quarterback. You went all in there and yes, they had a winning season. The Niners had a phenomenal season, but you want to see that trajectory go. You don't want it to kind of just die off and see you're building for the future. So if that pick isn't your future quarterback, then I don't really know what to tell you there. So me, like just thinking of it, like, um, logically like you definitely should be seeing what Trey Lance can do and seeing what there. So my two parter here is why don't you bring in kind of one of the lower level veterans and have them compete against each other. So I heard this and the reason why I bring this up is because I actually heard it earlier in the week. So I won't take full credit to this analysis, um, but actually I heard this and I actually disagreed with it. 
on the front, people, I had heard a theory, not a theory, just like an idea. What if the Giants brought in Carson Wentz to compete against Daniel Jones? I literally wanted to. Out to the no. I heard it on the radio, so I wanted to like throw it up while I was driving. Um, So that's a big hell to the no. But I can see the Niners going after, maybe not Carson Wentz, because we don't know what's going after him. Someone else, a lower level veteran, and have, bring them in to compete and see it's what's going on. It's actually funny, because I had this full-blown conversation with my brother-in-law on the phone last night, and he, he is hardcore like, anybody but Jimmy G bring anybody else. <laughs> um, and I guess Carson Wentz's name came up and I was like, I was like, dude, like I'd way rather have Jimmy Garoppolo over right. Carson Wentz. So don't even come at me with yeah. that. Like Jimmy's not that bad. Like, and I'm not saying Carson Wentz is bad, but like, I'm just, I'm not a, I'm not on that Carson Wentz. No, train. no, I've never been on that, that train. Never. Don't. It's just a fiery train going off. And it just proves it. The Colts are questioning bringing him back. If he was anyone the Colts, decent. The Colts are in the same exact position kind of as the Niners. Is like, that's a Super Bowl-ready team. And their only question mark is the quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Yeah. Definitely not. No, no, no. No. All righty. So this question is a <laughs> always a tough one because I always I feel like I black out between February and uh, before the draft and preseason. Okay. So what will you do now on Sundays that football is over? <laughs> I think it probably I won't know. be anything too exciting. Uh, I, I like sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I have to remember what I do on Sundays. I think now. it's going to be a lot of di- like midday naps for me. Like yeah. I, I remember so many Sundays this football season where I was struggling to like, right. Once four o'clock games hit. I was struggling to stay awake. So I'm going to take a lot of nice midday naps Mid- on Sundays, naps. you know, run some errands. Yeah, it, like it's really not going to be anything too exciting. But sometimes, like as as sad as I do get when football season is over, I do kind of like that I'm not. I don't have that obligation every single Sunday. Right. Like, well, if this if this is going on, I can't do it because I've got to watch football. So, right. as much as it's like a morning period that football is over, it does feel nice that there's like your Sundays are open to do what you want with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I definitely won't be going to the gym. Sundays are my off day. So I really like to stick to them being my off day. I do love the naps. I love that. Um, probably though, just like with, Oh my God, I loved last when it gets warmer out, I I would like to be outside doing something. I I know, I know you discovered a great farmer's market last year. So did I near me. So that became, and I, I, found it out like later in the summer. It's like, I only had a couple weekends with it. So like, but that was Sunday. Like I was going there on Sundays. So it was glorious. Like I look forward to things like that. Yeah. Um, and not, like I said, like I won't work out, but it just like, like just taking a walk or just like being outside. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're moving away from like the colder weather. I know like February, March, we're going to still have to like struggle with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like I think I'm in need of like reorganizing things in my house, like, which I can never do. Cause then, you know, right. you have Sundays for football Saturday, then you're trying to cram everything in on a Saturday, like do things like that. So definitely going to do some things there. And I think my house needs a good clean in. So maybe this weekend I'll do that, even though it is a long weekend. So I don't know if I want to like do that. I want to like do something fun, but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So probably that and just kind of not be like you said, like not tied down to, to something like kind of right. be open. If something comes up, great, you can do it. Right. Right. Um, and if not, you kind of just, 
take where the day takes you. Are you going to sleep all day? Are you going <laughs> to run errands? Are you going to redo your entire house? It's really the opportunities are endless. Yeah. Yeah. But so we'll see. We'll see. It's not, it's, it, it stinks. Um, and again, I have to like always, maybe this year I'll start writing what I do down because I feel like I don't remember what I did last year. February to like April. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. All righty. And last question. And this one again is another interesting one. So obviously last week we went over uh, the new head coach hiring. So now at the Super Bowl over, the Vikings have officially hired uh, Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator, as their head coach. So does this change, like, you know, your thoughts on the new hires of head coaches? You know, is I've heard I one of the things brought up here, like, is he the, the worst hire? Like, is he now – we went over the grades last week. Does he get, like, a bad grade? I don't think so, but I'm also not going to, like, sit here and pretend like I know everything so about him. So much about him. I agree. Yeah. And everything like that. Like, you know, um, he is a younger guy, offensive coordinator for the Rams. That's what I have to go off of. Like, okay, you were just a part of a Super Bowl winning right. organization and a really, really high powered offense. One of the best offenses in the league this year. Um, and I feel like, yeah, Minnesota needs that. I, I think it was a good hire to do somebody offensively. Uh, but again, I'm not going to sit here and like say that I know no. so much about the guy. Uh so, but I mean, I going off, if I had to say, like, remember last week, I was saying that I would rather give a head coaching position, hire somebody who was an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, who's never been a head coach before and, and roll the dice and give them a shot right. rather than somebody who was a former head coach and got fired. And now right. they're another shot at head coach. I'd right. rather just like give somebody new a chance at it and roll the dice and see how they do. So in that aspect, I like it. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you on on everything there. Uh, not gonna you know try to peel back these layers that we might not hundred percent know everything on. Um, he is coming off a Super Bowl win though. That's incredible. I think the Vikings need that winning mentality because they're yeah. one of those teams that wins games and comes out and then they lose game and you're like, what the hell? Like, what is going on in your mind? Like they, potential and they don't meet that potential. Right. So like, I think, you know, if this guy can come in and push that for them, you know, I think that's, that's phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. I, I still, I'll still go on record though. I think the worst, the worst hire to me is still got to be Lovey Smith. And it's not even a, it's just a questionable hire. I don't yeah. even, so I, I don't think, you know, I don't think this one's the, the worst. Uh, I mean, if we really looked back, if we really dug into it, maybe he'd fall into the lower half. Um, but yeah, I'm still very much committed on, on that being the, the worst hire, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't look like, at this the Vikings as like bad or good necessarily like i just yeah. think what it is and what i know about him okay like sure is anyone left no no right so we're done okay okay all right and we well, reported that they were we already reported previously that they were going to hire him they just right didn't do so until right we were done and the super bowl was over so yeah. So now, I mean, obviously there's a couple of coordinator vacancies open. So it'd be interesting. Some moves that teams will make there. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, it's, we're done. We're done. A lot of new head coaches next year. Yeah. So it's hard to keep track of them all. There's a lot. All right. You got a little new faces, the draft coming up, new, more new faces coming into the NFL. So it's always exciting. Always exciting. Yep. 
All right. Well, uh, let's get into our big stories of the week or story of the week just, in the world of football. Just one. I wonder what just it could one. be. Just we're, one. We're going to just break down the Super Bowl. We're going to give a recap here, kind of um, give our thoughts, everything like that. It was a great game. Uh, Absolutely. Most of you know, because I would assume that 95% of America was probably watching. Uh, the Rams, of course, defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to 20 to win Super Bowl 56. The Rams won, everyone. <laughs> yes, the Rams won. Breaking news. The Rams Breaking. won. You heard it here first on the Real Fall Fans in New Jersey. The um, Los Angeles Rams won. It was an exciting end because, obviously, there was a game-winning touchdown that came during a 15-play, 79-yard drive. Uh, by the Rams to come back. It ended with a Cooper Cup touchdown, which was his second touchdown of the night. And it also marked uh, Stafford's 36th fourth quarter comeback win, which is the most by any quarterback since he was drafted in 2009. So talk about- I like love that stat, but like, do you watch. always want to- Be playing <laughs> from behind? Yeah. It's like- Eli, Eli had a long, that's what, had a long run there too. That's why I bring it up because people yeah. like for that, what, two seasons were calling Eli like the best fourth quarter quarterback. And I was like, I, I like it, but like, I don't yeah. like it that we're it's behind. Bittersweet. It's bittersweet. It you is. find yourself in that position, but there's no greater feeling then when you are in that position, right. and bringing out a quarterback that you have belief in. And, you know, we used to have that with Eli. I certainly watch NFL games now, not necessarily the Giants, but other teams where if there's what Patrick Mahomes did it this year with like 17 seconds left on the clock. Right. Guys like him, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, like if you're going to give them any time left on that you clock, don't give them the time. ball back in their hands you are like setting them up to win. So whenever you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford or the guys that I just named, uh, it's always such a good feeling knowing that you can have full confidence in them right. to get the job done, mm -hmm. finish the game. But um, let's talk about the rest of this matchup. Obviously the Rams, they were, they're missing. They were missing Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. Odell had a great start to the game in the first half. Then he tears his ACL. Yeah. That was obviously upsetting for him. Uh, but kind of bittersweet in the fact that, like, in the time that he did play in the game, he made a difference. He had a touchdown. Oh, yeah, um, that huge touchdown. That was a really big play. Yeah. Like, that That sucks. There's nothing that hurts more than, like, your team won and, like, you, you kind of didn't get to finish the game with them. But – you made an impact because you scored one of the touchdowns. So without yeah. you, like, you know, it couldn't have happened. Well, so. I think he definitely had a lot of mixed emotions. You know, the camera goes to him when the game's over and he's sobbing on the yeah. sidelines. And I think I, a lot of it is that excitement that he's finally now on a team. And I don't want to say finally, because like, I don't want to like shit on the giants, but like he, the giants weren't winning so much with him. And then obviously he went to Cleveland, which was not a good situation for him at all. You know, he's finally in an organization for him, like his standards of like, I'm getting the ball and making, making big plays have made, he's made huge plays in the last four or five weeks. Yeah. Right. And then he makes a big play in the Super Bowl, gets hurt, but they win the Super Bowl. So I think I could only imagine what was going through his mind at that moment when the clock struck zero. So, yeah, yeah I don't know if he was 
thinking about anything other than the fact of, holy shit, I just won a Super Bowl and look how far I've come. But I would also in the back of my mind when like the confetti settles and everything like that, you also have to think about, holy shit, like I have a really rough road ahead. Like I'm hurt. Like I want to celebrate this and I want to be happy, but I also have to like come back down to earth and realize that I'm going to be rehabbing. I'm going to be getting a surgery. Like uh, who knows when I'm coming back and and how I'll be like, so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. And it sucks because it was too, it was a non-contact injury and I'm not, I'm not here condoning that I want all injuries in the NFL to be contact, but like, that's what you assume with such an aggressive Mm -hmm. sport. So when you see a guy just make a wrong turn on something, you know, it's bad. You you know, know it's bad. yeah. So those, you know, essentially sometimes are, are even worse. Um, so yeah. it's not, it's not good. You saw the pain right away and it just, yeah. So definitely, definitely sucked uh, to see that for sure. Yeah. So he goes out of the game and it definitely looked like a different Rams offense. They were not as hot as they were in the first half. Um, obviously missing mm-hmm. a lot of weapons. It's up to Cooper cup. Really? Right. <laughs> really? That Okay. Odell's out. We're just going to double team Cooper cup and we'll be fine. But he of course converted a key fourth and one run on that pivotal drive. And then he had a 22 yard catch and an eight yard catch to get them inside the 20 before scoring that game winning touchdown. That really cemented, plus an earlier touchdown in the game, him earning the MVP award. So I know people are like, I don't know how everybody feels about it. Um, I think a lot of people could have could have uh, thrown Aaron Donald's name into the mix. I think he was definitely deserving of it as well. It's kind of hard to pick one guy or the other. Yeah. I wouldn't mind co-MVPs on that one, but we'll get into Aaron's stats in a little bit, but uh, Cooper Cup, the season that he had, that Triple Crown winner, and then winning a Super Bowl and being the Super Bowl MVP. Oh, and by the way, the NFL honors last week being Offensive Player of the yeah. Year. Like, how do you cap anything better than that? That was one of the greatest wide receiver seasons that we'll see in NFL history. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I love the MVP going to someone other than a quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, I think we love when, you know, defense, offensive linemen get the love. So I think, you know, I I know after the game, like we were talking, we both said Aaron Donald and we'll obviously talk about it. Um, It's so funny, though, for for me to like when I was on my uh, way home from the party that we were at listening to the radio and listening to the recap for them to name Cooper Cup the MVP. And I like feel I I feel so stupid because I wasn't even like thinking it but I think the reason why I was thinking that is because they're so quick to give it to a quarterback Mm -hmm. so I was just thinking Stafford or Aaron Donald because he made that final play so that's where my mind was wired so I'm not thinking and I think the NFL is biased sometimes and not you know thinking I think Cooper Cup had a phenomenal season and had a phenomenal night I think that's yeah. why they gave it to him. Like, duh. And I'm, I'm actually kind of like shocked that they did. And I'm, I'm right. happy that they did. No, uh, I mean, and Stafford, he, he didn't have a bad game, but I definitely feel like it wasn't an MVP worthy game. No. And so I'm glad that that was recognized and that it ended up going. If You know, you can make an argument for Aaron Donald, but Cooper Cup was also really deserving. I'm just glad it went to one of them. Right. 
Um, besides, obviously, Cooper Cup for the Rams, I also want to give credit to the young um, Cincinnati wide receivers. This team has such a bright future ahead with, you know, Joe Burrow at quarterback. And then you've got guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, these young wide oh, yeah. who are just killing it. Um, in the big game, T. Higgins, four catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns. And, of course, Jamar Chase, five catches, 89 yards, that one crazy, crazy catch that he had. Oh, um, my God. These guys are no joke. And to yeah. me, you know, we talked about before, like, for teams uh, like Indianapolis and San Fran, like the question mark of missing link is the quarterback. The missing link for the Cincinnati Bengals, if they can get an offensive line, oh my God. In deep, deep trouble, okay? Like, we're all – But don't take all the linemen because we've yeah, got we no one. We need some too. Let us take 15 of them, and then you guys can have the rest. But you're right. It's honestly the fact that they made it to the Super Bowl and were competitive – without an offensive line makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of maybe proves that the Giants have a couple more problems in the offensive line. So, but, yeah. oh God, it's just, and to have a quarterback like, like Joe Burrow too, like protect him. Like, just don't be stupid. Just protect him. Yeah. I think, um, I think I left out, I'm going back to my original notes I think I left out my uh, my stats about the Rams defense. Yeah, here we go. So um, the defense for the Rams, which is ultimately why I I was so torn. It was ultimately why I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl mm -hmm. because I was really nervous about Cincinnati's offensive line right. going against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, those guys. I I was like this this could not be good for them. So the defense was key for the Rams. They sacked Burrow a Super Bowl record tying seven times with yeah. Aaron Donald and Von Miller recording two sacks each. Aaron Donald also had seven quarterback pressures and Joe Burrow was pressured on 42.5% of his dropbacks, which is the second highest of his career. So some good players don't get two sacks in like five games or like, we'll start right, racking them right. like to have like that in a soup. Like it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. But like, there we go. Like if Cincinnati, like the fact that Cincinnati like almost won that game and made it as far as they did beat the number one team in the Tennessee Titans, uh, even right. though Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. If you just protect this kid, a, just even a, a little bit better. You're like you're you can win a Super Bowl, which is unbelievable to me, honestly. Well, listen, Cincinnati, I have I got a lineman for you. Nate Solder is now a free agent. <laughs> He's all yours. I've got the right man for you. <laughs> oh Lord. Don't take um, him. but yeah, like like I said, the Cincinnati team is really scary, and there's just one obvious missing link. Although, yeah. you know what? You could you could argue about the corners, too. Mr. Eli Apple wasn't looking too fine. Oh, God. My <laughs> favorite part of the evening was just him screwing up phenomenally, and yeah. Katie and I just giving him the double bird all evening at the TV. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole. Your family sucks. You suck. Shut your mouth on social media. And you deserved sucking that badly uh, that yeah. night. So I have no no pity, no remorse. You are the worst. So Yeah. So the Cincinnati um, pass defense, they, they struggled. But 
again, you know, because we want to give credit not only to the Rams, but to the Bengals as well and, and things that they did really well at. Credit to Cincinnati's run defense. They held the Rams to an average of 1.9 yards per carry on 23 rush attempts. I think the Rams' longest run of the night was eight yards. Right. Uh, but ultimately, Ultimately, it was Cincinnati's pass defense that couldn't stop Stafford, especially on that final drive. Um, but the run defense was was incredible. So again, like this is a pretty well-rounded team. You just gotta, you know, go to free agency, go to the draft, try to fill in some pieces, and they should be good for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and the Rams, you know, hats off to them. They played a really good game. They stuck in there. And this is their second Super Bowl win in franchise history. This is their first win since 2000. Uh, and Sean McVay officially becomes the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl at 36 years old. He's Sean McVay is not a bad-looking guy, so I don't want it to sound whatever. But he does not look 36. I feel like he's weathered the storm a little bit more than that. Like, don't you feel mm. like he looks older than that? Yeah. So I actually think that he like kind of looks like my brother a little bit. Like okay. not like, not like a like total amount, but like my brother's 40. So like, and I don't think my brother looks like old at all. Like I would never say he I looks think Sean old. McVay looks older than your brother. But like, oh, really? I, I think that he, my brother would take that as a compliment. Um, but like, I I think they kind of, yeah. And I, 36, and maybe it's just because like we're in our 30s now. Maybe 36, to me, seems so young now. He's four years older than me. He does yeah. not four years older than me. Like, yeah, that's, I 100% definitely can't wrap my. So like, I was a freshman in high school and he was a senior. Like, Oh, that's like, weird. Oh, I, I can't. I can't wrap my head around that. So yeah, uh, that's when you put it into that perspective, right? that's like, it's really so, weird. <laughs> it's totally weird. I feel yeah. like if I were to pass Sean McVay on the street, I would honestly guess that he was in his mid forties. Yeah. I don't know though. I think it's weird. I think that younger people these days look so much older in a good way. And then people older than us look a lot younger. And then there's us, that awkward like 28 to 35 group that's like, why do we look the way that we are? Why do I look like I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like that's the time we're in that 21 year olds look like they're 30, mm -hmm. 50 year olds look like they're, they're 30. And then yeah. I'm actually 30. And I don't know how I, I look weird. Like I'm like an awkward, <laughs> like specimen. And like, I feel like everyone around me is an awkward specimen. <laughs> like, yeah. Why don't we, and maybe it's because I'm hanging out with people that like don't have Botox, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so it's like, like this is the natural like look that you get when you're actually in your thirties, but yeah. it's but a good point. Off, yeah, that's off to Sean McVay though. It's um, awesome. It's, it's incredible. It's a really it's a really cool stat uh, to have you know on your resume. And honestly, like I guess hats off to the Rams for for pulling that move in the off season, trading for Matthew Stafford, yeah. shipping Jared Goff off to Detroit bringing in the pieces that you did with Odell and Von Miller and creating a super team, I guess it paid off. Right. So, well, it paid off in 2022. So yeah. I hope that they don't have a huge super bowl slump and they don't have draft picks until 2024. Right, 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 right. So like you 
hope that this freaking pays off. Like, yeah, I love a Super Bowl ring, but I also want to, I don't want to tank next season. But at the end of the day, worst case scenario, if you do, you still got that one ring and that lives forever. So um, it is true. As Giants fans, true. <laughs> I remember when that trade went down and it was very, very surprising and very unexpected. Yes. Um, because obviously the Rams had just recently played in a Super Bowl with Jared Goff as their quarterback. Right. And I didn't think as much as like, I know I'm a, I'm a bigger believer in Stafford than you are. I didn't think Stafford was like that, that, that much better than Jared Goff. Like, no. yes, he's better, but I didn't think it was like, oh, we're going to get rid of Jared Goff because we're bringing in Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers right. and we're going to win a Super Bowl. I thought bringing in Stafford, it was like, okay, you, you win a step up, but I don't think getting right. off of Stafford guarantees that you're going to win a Super Bowl, but it, it worked out. So it did. I mean, I think I still agree with that mentality of like, it, it, it still isn't that big of a step, <laughs> but because you put Jared Goff in Detroit. So like, I don't know, like it just, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, it's not that I don't like Matthew Stafford. It's nothing to do with that. I just, and even he won a Super Bowl, and I'm still not 100% sold. I guess I'm just a hard, uh, hard thing to crack. It also, here, it also makes you like maybe Detroit, other teams, the rest of the league. It now it kind of makes you look at Jared Goff, though, and say, yeah. like, maybe you were the reason. Because, right. You know, we got rid of you, and then we won it. So I don't know. Now it's like in Detroit, you're looking at him like, Oh, okay. You're not the guy to like ever get us to the promised land. So I don't know. Yeah. But then I look at it vice versa too. Like Matthew Stafford didn't get them anywhere. So is he, it's not, know. I mean, it's not a good team. I, I don't think many people, I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think, I don't think many quarterbacks could take them much further than a certain point. Right. They, there's definitely work to be done. I've, I, as somebody who's already been reading mock drafts for the last like three months, um, I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts that in the first round, they have Detroit um, drafting a quarterback. Oh my God. It's such a bad quarterback class. Don't it take is, it is, a quarterback. It why it's kind of like, wait, you just got Jared Goff, but like you're already ready to just be done with him and just roll the dice on somebody else. Like, I still feel like you should stick with him, yeah. but this is what I'm seeing. Oh my God. Podcast. Like NFL GMs. Like if you want to give me a call, give me a call. I will drill it into your mind. This is a really, really poor QB yeah. class. Yeah. No, I don't think any of them should be taken in the first I don't round. Know if there's and I stand like, by that. I don't know if there's like a diamond in the rough in this. No. Uh, no. But yeah. I'm yeah. telling you no. And like people, like whoever's watching right now, like you can come back at us with your ideas, but I'm telling you. Yeah, maybe we'll eat our words. Yeah, and maybe again, put me on freezing cold takes. I don't care. But my take right now, my hot take right now is that I do not want to see a quarterback taken in the first round this round. I do not at all whatsoever. Yeah. 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 It's not, no. Uh -uh. I can't wait. I mean, this is what you're going to get people like the season is over and you're going to get a whole lot of draft talk, a whole lot of free agency, all talk. the mock drafts. Um, you think that it gets boring from here? No, Absolutely not at all. Not. We're in a great time right now. Yeah. All righty. So let's move over to housewives. We've got some quick hot topics for you. And ironically, they all come out of Orange County, while they're all different, they are coming out of the same franchise, the same realm of people. 
So on Monday, Real Houses of Orange County, Heather and Terry Debro previewed their upcoming project, which is their new e-show called Seven Year Stitch. The Dubrow's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Dubrow's relationship experts and coaches will conduct a seven-week experiment to help a couple on the brink of divorce. Uh, this is going to uh, premiere on March 1st. So Katie, I know you were able to uh, take a look at the preview on this. Yeah. So what, what were your thoughts initially on it? I, I didn't get to, I, I've read upon it, but I have not seen the preview. So I have to be honest, like I thought it actually looked pretty good. Okay. So I, I don't know if I'll check it out just because I always have a laundry list of shows and it's like got a lot hard to add one to the mix. Sundays um, now though. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I, I liked it and I thought it okay. looked intriguing and it looked good. Uh, basically, you know, as, as most of us know that like main stat in America where like 50% of married couples end in divorce. Right. And what I, I didn't know this stat though, that it usually happens around the seventh year of marriage. Oh, seventh year. I thought you were going to say seven months. And I was like, what is this? Kim Kardashian? Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I wouldn't really be surprised at that because I've actually heard like many horror stories oh God, of like oh people like half a year into being married, like people change. People change. Well, well, um, no, it's unlucky number seven in this instance. Wow. So like, the seven year mark is usually around when it might happen. And basically, I thought it was going to be a bunch of couples. It's just one couple. Okay. What they're doing during this, uh, something else I didn't realize, during the seven-week experiment, the couple is not with each other. So when they're working with the coaches and they're working with the Dubrows and the, the relationship experts, they're working on themselves without their partner around. Got it. And then they bring them back together. And I guess there's like a, a trial period of like whether or not it's they're going to make it or break it. Um, um, so they show the one couple in the in the preview. Uh, didn't seem like that big of a nightmare as you would almost like you almost like instantly think it's going to be like housewives where they're like oh, yeah. each other's throats and like hitting <laughs> each other and like breaking, breaking wine glasses and everything like that. It's not We're like used to a next, a next generation of toxicity. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. It just seems like a very unhappy um, couple that have just fallen into a rut of not really like, you know, putting in an effort anymore. That's, right. that's really what it seems like. Okay. Um, but yeah, I encourage everybody to watch the trailer or just check out the show again, March 1st. It's kind of right around the corner, like two weeks. I thought that it looked good and I would be interested in watching it if I can squeeze it into my busy TV watching schedule. Yeah, I think that the only thing that, and I'll, I'll definitely watch the trailer, um, but I, I, I think the only thing that I'll comment on it is that, you know, Heather is a housewife. It's pretty blatantly obvious. You know, Terry makes the the money. Um, he's a very successful plastic surgeon. I, I and they have a great relationship. They've been married for like twenty years. Yeah. So, um, I think that where I kind of like raise my red flag is that like maybe you're like overstepping, like or you're not in your lane. So like. What makes they were you? Trying, they were trying to argue. Well, they were saying like in the trailer. Um, I guess Heather has her own podcast. She does. She started it during the pandemic. Yeah, where she brings on a lot of guests that have to do with like relationship experts and relationship advice. And so 
in the trailer, that's kind of, they make the argument that they've been married for 25 years, that they've had their ups and downs. And then Heather obviously talks about the fact that like, I have this podcast and I always bring on these experts and we have these conversations. So I don't know if they're necessarily going to be interjecting more. They might more so be like hosting and kind of like narrating the discussion. That's like the um, only thing that like I read yeah. like that could very much be yeah. it. So like that's the only like concern like I raise like because like I think a lot. It's like, like the annoying thing where you watch ESPN and they have that one female anchor and she's really there to just like conduct the conversation and just sit there and like bring up like the starting topic and yes. then sit back and the men discuss it like it I could be that. like that. I hate that. And yeah. like <laughs> circling that back to like our like the football side of our show, like that's one of the things that not that like I don't think anyone says it like insultingly like to us or like if someone will say like, oh, like, could you picture yourself being so and so from ESPN or like this person? And I literally always say no, because like I'm not the person I'm great at moderating. I really am. But like if we're going to make it in sports and like we're going to be like, I want to be in on the discussion. I want to say like, my opinion. I want to have it be heard. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like know what I'm talking about. And yeah, like, like I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think Good Morning Football does a good job. I'm, I'm blanking on her name, and I, I shouldn't because she is a woman in sports. Um, but she's a huge Cincinnati fan, actually. Um, but she, she hosts the show, but she actually, she does get involved. Um, and she's very much in the conversation. So I appreciate that. But you're right. It just, it's so who knows, we made for this show that's necessary for them to just be on the sidelines. So yeah, yeah. Um, what I get. That's what I'm thinking it's going to be. Yeah. All right. So the second topic out of Orange County, and this one's interesting because it's with a newbie and I actually do like this newbie. So I've been, I gotta, I gotta put it out there guys. I've been fully invested in Orange County this season so far and I, I'm liking it. It is good. So I'm, yes. I'm still there. I think we're like five episodes in. I'm, I'm still fully in people. So I think I That's deserve great. a pat on the back. Bravo deserves a pat on the back for that, for keeping me invested. Um, So their newbie, Dr. Jen Armstrong, is being sued by a former patient for medical battery. So the patient is actually a former Raiders cheerleader. Um, She's claiming that Jen hired a convicted doctor who lost his medical license to perform her facelift that left her in serious pain pain. Um, so the twist here is that the doctor was convicted, but this is what he was convicted for mm-hmm. healthcare fraud for performing unnecessary treatments on patients and for repackaging and reusing catheters that were only supposed to be used once. And I need to let you know, that is so freaking disgusting. Yeah. I just, like, if you don't know what a catheter is, like, I'm sorry, like, maybe yeah. <laughs> to go look it up. <laughs> um, so she's also requesting uh, $250,000 for emotional uh, distress as a part of the lawsuit. So it's not good because, no. uh, first off, her name, now she's a housewife, right? Mm-hmm. So if her name is in the media and this article is going to pop up. And how many others are going to come out, see this and come out and say, well, that guy did my facelift. That mm-hmm. guy did this on me. That guy, like, this is bad news. People are going to come out of the woodwork for this one. Yeah. I really hope not. And like, I really hope this was like a one-off. Cause like I said, 
I've been watching this season. I do like her a lot. Um, she's really, she's like built up her own practice. Like she's a very sec- successful plastic surgeon. I think the patient was with her getting these procedures for like a four year period. Wow. Yeah. Then she probably, this probably wasn't a one and done patient yeah. situation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really hope not. But yeah, it's just a wild, but listen, people, you got to, I think about it all like the time and I feel like we've like spoken about it. Like, Ooh, like should we get Botox and do all this fun stuff? I think about it though. Like we joke about it and like things like that. And like, if we had money, like we do all this like crazy stuff to ourselves, but like actually thinking about it, like if you sit down and actually think about it, like, I feel like I actually wouldn't because like, I'm so scared of like something getting botched and like, I just, I don't even know. Like if you have to get something cosmetically done, like for like like real purposes, like you just actually like have to get it done from like a surgery, an accident for, you know, any medical issue you have. Like if you something, if you're like breast cancer or something like hundred percent, like you have to like physically do it. Like, but like for like, or it would have to be, or it would have to be something that like really, really, really made me like hate my appearance. Like if it was right. something that like really, really I couldn't live with, but I feel like everything like we can live with, it's not worth potentially having something. Right. But it's like, I just think it's so funny to like think about it in, in like a dream of like, oh, like if we had the money to do this, but like when you actually sit down and think about it, I'm Maybe like, really, yeah. I don't know. Cause like anything like this could happen. And like, she's a well-renowned plastic surgeon and this is now coming out the best, like, and that there's nothing to worry about. Right. Well, we literally spoke about Heather and Terry. Terry has a full show on it's called botched. He literally makes money off helping people whose lives were ruined. And that show is horrendously messed up yeah that show and i think that's what scares me that show is horrifying like horrifying so yeah so i don't know the more and more i think about it i don't know if plastic surgery is the the right the right way for me so we'll we'll see i'm still still thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) all righty and then finally we're still in orange county and now we're with a a veteran who's actually no longer on the show um real housewives of orange county's tamara judge has settled her long-standing legal battle with alexis bellino's ex-husband jim so the story here is that jim had previously accused tamara and shannon bedore of ruining his reputation but has now dropped all the charges. It's gone. He's dropping the charges against her. Uh, the settlement uh, details remain confidential, but this move allows both parties to avoid, excuse me, going to trial. Super expense, uh, expensive to do that. Um, and then as of uh, late 2019, the lawsuit had already cost Tamara more than $300,000. So this isn't something we've reported on this um, in the past, I think it was like a year or two ago, uh, we did, you know, report on this when it had come out, yeah. um, more and more details. So obviously, you know, with late, you know, by, we just read the stat of like late 2019 of it costing Tamara so much money. Um, this isn't a story that, you know, we've missed, like we've brought it up on the right, show before. Right, right. So the good news is that it's over years ago, but here we right. are. Like it's just finalizing now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, Listen, I I feel like I'm the type of person, like, if something was out there about me that was incorrect and it was ruining, like, I would 100%, I think, take 
all means to get my name cleared. And, you know, defamation is like a huge thing. Like, and especially in today's world, like cancel culture is a huge thing. In the public eye. Yeah. And like, you know, we're in a world of cancel culture. And unfortunately, a lot of things that come out are correct and people are bad, bad people. But on the other side of it, things just bubble up and they're actually not true. So I look at this, it could literally ruin your life. So I look at this being like, kind of like the aggressive person that I am. And if someone ever did something like this to me and like literally ruins my name, like I would take you to hell and back. Like, but to see, so I, I kind of question now, like maybe this was a little aggressive and cause these people all have money. So it's, they're bringing it down. It's everything like that. So now, so I just kind of think about it. Hey, maybe it was just a misunderstanding or something like that. So, but it's something that's been going on for a couple of years, like Katie had said, and now, and it's just, it's just over. So. Yep. All right. Well, that is what's going on in the world in Orange County. So (laughs) a lot of stuff going on in Orange County. Yes. Yes. But let's get into our game for the night. Um, We did play this game at this time last year, right after the Super Bowl and the NFL season had ended. It is called You Are What Your Record Is. So with most football journalists giving their end of the NFL season power rankings, saw a lot of power rankings come out today. Um, we are going to play our game. We're just going to look at it a little bit differently. So we're going to look at teams that had the same regular season records this season and kind of determine like who was the best out of those and who was the worst out of the bunch and, and different kind of questions, but grouped together with teams that had the same records. So I like it. I like it. Yes. We're going to start at the top. We're going to start with our best regular season, uh, teams this year. Question number one was. Who is the best 13 and four team? I actually thought this was sort of, I thought this might've been one of the harder questions that we had. We are looking at the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you feel was the better team this year? I'm really going to go with Tampa Bay on this one um, because listen, they returned every single people, every, every single person, not people, every single person on their roster. Um, that's like unheard of. Every person came back. Um, they had weapons on both sides of the field and not that green Bay didn't on offense and defense and actually, you know, special, special teams. I just thought that every game that Tampa went into was a threat to the other team. I did not want to match up with Tampa Bay ever. We obviously played them this year. I was the one game that I was like the least looking forward to, even though like some of the matchups that they had, like even at the end, if you look at the NFC East, like our game had a couple of exciting things. We ended up losing like the Eagles kind of kept it neck and neck with them, you know, not in the playoffs in the regular season. Like you kind of like looked at that and like saw like what, like were our teams able to do against them and like, we didn't play the Packers. So I wouldn't know. Um, I just, I think every team going into Tampa um, was definitely more of a threat on their end. So I think, and then obviously near the end of the season, like going into postseason, I think they were a little bit more of a threat. Mm-hmm. I, you pretty much uh, said everything that I was thinking. Uh, I went with Tampa Bay as well. And I, almost went with green bay because the argument i want to make for green bay is that we said it on the show many times you know we don't love to give them love but we deem them to be the like the most consistent team that we saw during the regular season they really were they weren't having 
you know, they had four losses. They weren't necessarily sketchy losses like a lot of other teams had. Uh, but I am going with Tampa Bay based on one of the things that you said. I felt like they were the better and more well-rounded team right. on both offense and defense. I thought that they were huge they had everything on both sides of the ball. And, yeah, I think they were the scarier team. Uh, number two, who is the best 12 and five team? And we're going to say minus the Super Bowl winning Rams. Cause you know, we'll, we'll keep it fair here. So we have the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas city chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. This one was, was definitely hard because you look at it and you see, you know, Dallas had a great regular season, but then you look to the postseason, and then you look at Tennessee who gets the first place spot in the AFC and then comes out in the playoffs. <laughs> like, What's going on here? Um, but I think just kind of end to end, like I'm going to give it to Kansas city and they were so sketchy this season. And I think Patrick Mahomes made very irresponsible throws this year and plays this year, but they just, they, at the end, they wrapped it up like the talented team that they were and kind of end to end. Like, I think they just kind of escalated as the more talented all among all three of them. Yeah. I didn't think this one was hard. Um, I'm going with the Kansas city chiefs and honestly, like they'll probably be my pick to win the super bowl next year. They were my pick to win the super bowl this year. And I think they could have, would have, should have, uh, mm-hmm. and they're, I think they're still probably, in my opinion, the scariest team in the NFL right now. All right. Number three, who is the better 11 and six team, the Arizona Cardinals or the Buffalo Bills? I feel like this was easy for me. I'm going with Buffalo on this one. Yeah. As much as Arizona really stood out to me, they were season, weird at the end. They were bad at the end. They were weird. They were bad, but I still, I just, they're again, they're a team that like I put, I, I make it personal and I'm like, do the, would the giants rather go up against the Cardinals or the bills? And I would pick the Cardinals. And I think it's such a fair assessment because the giants have been bad the past couple of seasons and we can be competitive when we r- randomly want to, but for the most part, or like I'll think about the end of our season when Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon were in at quarterback. And like, even in that scenario, I'd still rather go up against the Cardinals than the bills. Like I'm still utterly shocked that the bills did not make it to the super bowl to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm so happy for the Bengals. I'm so happy with this super bowl outcome, but I'm still like when they lost, I was just in a, a complete shock for it yeah. so and they were my they were my super bowl pick <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah i just um i don't know there's something about arizona and even more these past couple weeks with the the weirdness coming from kyler murray i don't know that just kind of gives me more of a question mark there yeah um i went with buffalo and basically i just put buffalo was a better team than what their 11 and six record showed. Like I do think they were one of the scarier teams in the league this year. And to think that they were only 11 and six and they lost six games. You're like, really? They did like Buffalo just feels so much. That's a phenomenal record, but Buffalo feels even better than 11 and six. So Mm -hmm. they're going to be another team that's going to contend next year as well that you, everybody has to look out for. All right, number four, which 10 and 17 could you see missing the playoffs next year? All these four teams made it this year. Who could you see potentially missing next year? We got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Las Vegas Raiders, New England Patriots, and San Francisco 49ers. 
I go with the Raiders on this one. Um, Cincinnati and New England. Well, Cincinnati's clearly on the rise. New England, in my opinion, is a team on the rise um, after having, like, what, one bad season? But they're still coming back. And San Francisco's going to – they had a great end of the season last year, and I think they're going to coast and continue to, to perform well. Like, I don't see a downfall in San Francisco. The Raiders were a team we brought up every single week this year. We it, Every week it was a discussion of them, of being sketchy, not know what's going on. They had a lot of turmoil just within their you know management this year, within their their team, with their personnel. A lot of stuff going on there. So I just I don't I don't know if Josh McDaniel is the answer. I also told you I need to see him on the field. <laughs> so I just I don't know. So with extra wild card teams, we obviously watched this postseason and we saw teams make it that we felt like weren't really in our minds playoff teams. And I'm gonna agree with you here, and I'm gonna go with the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think that they're that scary of a team. I don't find them very threatening. I think they could easily miss the playoffs next season. I didn't necessarily find them to be a playoff talented team this year. They are the ones that I'm leaving out of this bunch. All right, number five, which nine and eight team has the best chance to contend for a Super Bowl next year? We have the Colts, the Chargers, Miami, New Orleans, and Philly. So five teams that finished nine and eight this year. The Chargers, I don't know how it was mind boggling to me that they didn't make the playoffs or make a Super Bowl run. They were our, such a, I don't even, I wouldn't even want to call them a dark horse team. I think we labeled them as that early in the season last year. But as we inched near the end of the season, I was like, they're not a dark horse. They're, I'm, they're in, they're going. Yeah. And no. So, and it's, you know, competitive out there. And I, I totally get it. So, but still, to this day, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we had a 2021-2022 playoff season without the Chargers. Yeah, I think there's only two teams out of these five that could contend. And for me, it's either the Colts or the Chargers. Mm -hmm. And the big difference maker, um, because I think both of those teams have well-rounded rosters. And I think the difference maker is the quarterback position. And for that reason, I am also taking the Chargers and Mr. Justin Herbert. Yes. Um, okay, number six, which eight and nine team has the best chance to go above 500 next year? We have the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, and Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go with Baltimore. Um, I think, unfortunately, they were just hit with injury after injury this year. Uh, Cleveland, listen, you're, there's a lot of question marks there. You, you know, your quarterback might be a question mark for you guys. They don't even know what's going on there. And then Minnesota, we spoke about it earlier. They're, they're unmotivated sometimes, or some, you don't understand how, how they lose certain games. So for me, Baltimore fully healthy, fully like, you know, moving along with everything that they want, definitely will have a better record than eight and nine. Baltimore is definitely the most consistent team out of these three as far as usually having a winning season. And yes, I agree with you. Also going with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, number seven, who was the worst seven and 10 team? We have four options here. We have the Atlanta Falcons, the Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Washington Commanders. Yeah. I got to tell you, I am going to, I laughed the other day when I was watching like a sports center or something like that. And someone had referred, they said the Washington commanders. I literally in my head, it was just like, or I was alone on my couch. I probably said it out loud. It was like, oh shit. I have to now remember that. <laughs> well, that sounds like, as I'm saying it out loud, it kind of sounds like a hockey team. Yeah. I think I'm still just going to kind of say like, 
the Washington football team. So you know what? Whatever. That's better than saying the other words. I'm just going to say whatever. Um, I'm actually going with the Washington Commanders. Um, I think it was very common for people just to hype them up this season because they were on the Tyler Henneke train. They are not a good football team. They are really not. This is not my NFC East bias. I promise you guys that. Um, you really peel back the layers on all of these teams. While we definitely questioned why Atlanta like really wasn't, you know, doing the right things with certain players, and they've been a sketchy team over years. I think just like with this team, like this year alone, it is Washington for me on this one. Atlanta is so grossly disappointing to me. I yeah, know well. the Falcons here. They've got the talent, they have the roster, and they just can't put it together. And I, I just to me, it's like you see them on your schedule and you're like, oh, I can win here. Great. Even as a New York Giants fan, if you're playing the Falcons, you're like, oh, okay, we could probably win that one. Like, right. Because they're, they're not scary anymore. And, and they no. have scary players, but they're still collectively not scary. And they're so disappointing. I had to, I had to go with them. All right, number eight, which four and 13 team is most likely to win less than four games for next season? So who could potentially do worse next year than four and 13? We have the Houston Texans, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets. Well, hopefully not us. Um, I'm going with Houston on this one. Uh, you don't know who your quarterback is. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the Lovey Smith head coach decision. Um, they brought in a new general manager, I think too. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. and I, I don't think there's any spark behind that. So no, they're not going to do well this season. So I went with Houston as well. I feel like the difference is like as bad as the New York teams are, there are playmakers on those rosters. Yeah. And I feel like Houston just doesn't have anybody. Anyone, like they have nothing to work with. So I'd be getting I, out. So quickly out of there. I went with Houston as well. Um, and then last but not least, this is the very bottom of the barrel here. Um, which three win team will be better next year? The three 13 and one Detroit Lions or the three and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars? I said it earlier. I don't think they're bad. Um, I'm going with the Detroit Lions here because you look at 13. Um, losses uh they were they were in a lot of those games um yeah. i don't think they're they're a bad team i think we're definitely uh jared goff is on the i don't want to say like the catchphrase of like he's on the hot seat but like we do need to understand like how i give him the benefit of the doubt of coming into a new organization as a veteran quarterback um you know you're learning a lot of new things um i just i definitely um would like to see like how it pans out this year, but like just going like talent wise, like Jacksonville's trash in my opinion. Like, I don't think they're good. <laughs> even like, I made the argument late in the season that Trevor Lawrence was not a great NFL quarterback. And I know that's real and that didn't sit well with people, but I just think if you're truly phenomenal at your, your job, um, you're going to make somewhat of an impact. So I, I'm going, and though I, I do like your answer for the Lions, and I kind of like go back and forth on it, I went with Jacksonville simply for the promise, the potential of what could be with Trevor Lawrence, and honestly, yeah. paired with Doug Peterson. So uh, yeah. I, I you're, you're totally right. The Lions were not as bad as that record, and they were in so many games, so I completely get why you went with them. 
I just uh, I feel more excited about the future for the Jaguars than for the Lions. Like I feel like the Lions will just stay kind of stale, whereas there's more promise for Jackson. Right. So we'll see. We will see. We shall see. We've got a long time coming until the next. We just ended this season, so we've got a while until the next season. So anything can happen. I do want to say one thing before, like we, you know, wrap up, you know, the end of the season talk. I did go back today. I checked the receipts on my NFL picks. Okay. And I counted up and I actually have last year's receipts too. Oh, good for you. I don't have last year's. Last year, I got 66% of my picks correct. Okay. And I don't know if that's bad or good compared to like, I feel like that's probably good. It's over fifty um, percent, or, like, or just like the norm. Yeah. Um, and this year, I went a little bit down. I went sixty-five percent. So That's not bad. Not not too far off. It's I actually thought I did better this year. I think I started off slow, and then I had a real hot streak. I think I did really well in the postseason because I counted the postseason as well. Okay. Well, we had an extra game, so that could have altered the data as well. Yes, yes so. that definitely does because one percent, a decrease in one percent is nothing. So. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, they trust me. I work in social media. That means nothing. (laughs) So I'll, I'll count it up again next year, but yeah, I don't think it was, it was too, too bad, but I I should look at mine. I do have, I mean, it's all there. I should look, um, I have everything. So I should take a look, but I don't have last year's good for you for having last year's because I don't think we, we did not do, I did not post all of the ones from last year. So that was definitely a newer thing we did this year that I really liked doing. So, but, um, I'll have to go back and look. I don't, you did better. I I actually think I did really, really well this season on my upset picks. Like I did crazy good with my upset. Yeah. I have to tally that and see how I did. I think I did better with my upsets later in the season because I think in the beginning, I definitely am like very vanilla with them. And that's but the then thing, like, the beginning of the season is so hard because like you don't know what teams will I should them. switch my mentality and make them more aggressive at the beginning of the season because look at the the Packers with that horrendous first game loss. That they right. I got to start just going in. Week yeah. one, all yeah. upsets. Anything can happen week one. Anything can happen. All righty. Well, it's that time of the episode where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative football, housewives, wine, life, going into a life of no football for a couple of months. What do you got for us? Just real quick. um, I did watch the majority of the NFL honors that was on last week. Hats off to um, all the winners. I actually got all of those picks correct. Minus one. So oh, uh, I did not. I, did not I, get yeah. right. I predicted Tom Brady to win MVP. It went yes. to Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, I had them all. Um, but I want to give a special shout out. I thought it was really awesome. It always is watching the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award year after year when it's given and seeing what some of these guys in the league are doing um, in their communities and around the world, honestly. And this year's winner was uh, Rams lineman Andrew Whitworth. And he gave an amazing speech. And Caitlin and I were together at the Super Bowl, watching the Super Bowl together. And and Kate didn't get to see it. And she was like, well, what charities does he like help out with? And I was like, 
uh everything like he does he does not have like one that he like he this man does everything he's everywhere like he is living and breathing and doing this every day Mm -hmm. um almost like more so like this is his career more so than being a football player and if you didn't get to see it i definitely recommend watching like the video that they put out the montage they put out for him and his speech and it always warms my heart to see these guys like putting their money to good use, their platform and doing positive things and making a real difference in this world. And it just makes it even that much better to see a guy like that go off and win the Super Bowl. So I was very, if I was like the most happy for anybody, it was Andrew Whitworth, so well-deserving and hats off to him. Yeah, I must say, and to like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep mine, I'll piggyback off of you. I, I love the Waller Payton Man of the Year Award. Um, you know, it's so amazing because they they nominate these players in the beginning of the season. So you yeah. get to see their journey. You get to see everything that they're doing throughout right. the year. And it's not things that they just picked up, like for the award, like you had just said, like they're doing it constantly. A lot of them are doing multiple things. So I love it because we bring it up all the time and like, and they say it, you know, a lot of these players say like, it's more than football. Like it really is. And I love seeing what they're able to do, like in their communities, like giving back, like it almost just like, you know, it brings a tear to your eye for a lot of things. Cause it is so heartfelt. And, you know, you, like, I, I, I feel like myself, I need to definitely be better at giving back, you know, to our communities. You know, I know it's a hard right now, like, you know, we're, we're coming out of a pandemic. Well, hopefully coming out of it fully, but you know, there's definitely still virtual things that you can do and things like that are like monetary things. So like, it just, it's so amazing to see people that, are so like above you in so many ways, like they are professional athletes, but they don't forget that they are just people and they don't forget that there's people around them that don't have these opportunities that are struggling. And, you know, it's sometimes so easy just to to lend a helping hand. So I love this award and I love that it's not just a one and done thing that throughout the season, they're showcasing these stories and telling you about these organizations that they're helping. You know, what's great about it too, is it's the last, it's the last award that they give in the night. Like, and that's how, that's how the ceremony and the show ends like with that award, because guess what? At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that is the most important award. It is. And to win that one, means more than and them winning the other ones. So yeah. I, de- I definitely know Andrew Whitworth can say that for sure. Yeah. Like that, that is a huge, huge, huge honor for him uh, to get that. So yeah, absolutely. To him, all the nominees, all the past winners, everybody like that, that are out there doing these amazing things. Yeah, well, like for the Giants, you know, Logan Ryan was nominated. Um, I would take a look at his uh, organization. It's called, it's something to do with dogs. I think yeah, it's- yeah, yeah. I want to get the full name for you guys. I'm typing it out right now. Logan, I would Ryan. love to do something. Like if we ever did anything, I would love to do something with that. With his no, team. absolutely. Yeah, we should like reach out to him. Um, his organization, it's it's something like War for Wolf or something like that. But it's with he basically. It's I think it's like it's in like uh, southern states um, because he does come from the Tennessee Titans. So I think it did originate down south okay. um, in like the Nashville area. So. Um, it's basically like 
it's it's putting more emphasis on like shelter dogs or, or pets and I guess in like lower income areas and things like that. I could be wrong, but I would look at it. I, I do follow them on, on Instagram. So mm-hmm. and they a lot of really, really cute, cute animals are up for adoption. So I always, you know, advocate for adoption. So like, oh, there's so many, so many animals that need homes. And, you know, we love our animals for sure. So definitely, you know, look into that. But even like, I think of, you know, just the award in general, like we talk about how, how cool it would have been for Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup to win a dual MVP. You know, Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald won the Walter, they won it together. And I love that. Like, that was perfect. The two of them winning that because yeah. both of them just they just do great things within the organization. So I think the NFL definitely can give start handing out dual awards to people, but that one was was perfect to have two people win it. Um, and if you look at and like not to sound corny, but again, like you look at all the people that were nominated, like you just won by by doing what you're doing. Yeah, and just continue doing it, and it's it's really great to. Uh, to see. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you do go to um, NFL.com, I think they do list every single thing um, yeah. that these these guys were doing. So check it out. Honestly, if you're like me, I need to get better at going out and giving back to my organizations and my community, things like that. Go out. There's so many ideas that you guys can look at there. So absolutely. All right. Well, that is our show for the night. Um, Obviously, we know the football season is over. There are still things to look forward to. Um, You know, we've got Housewives. We've got Orange County on tonight at nine o'clock. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on Sunday at nine and New Jersey's on Tuesday at eight. And now the countdown begins for all of the offseason. Forward to the NFL Combine is 13 days away. Um, The NFL free agency period, 28 days away. And the NFL draft, 71 days away. Free agency is going to be spicy, people. We spoke about it like a month or two ago. Like who are, there's a lot of free agents, like no names, like known names that you guys know. Like, yeah, it's going to be spicy. Yeah. And we're, we're just going to deliver all that content. The giants have no money, but it's going to be spicy for everyone else. (laughs) We have, we have the draft to look forward to. We have negative um, dollars. <laughs> but it's always an exciting time. So if you yeah. think that it gets stale from here, it does not. Keep hanging out with us. We will see you, uh, I think, next week. We're not going to be with you on Wednesday. We're going to be Tuesday but- or Thursday. I'll keep, yeah, just look yeah. at our social channels. You guys will be in the loop. We're picking another day. We're throwing a curveball at you. But just yeah. keep an eye out, and we'll let you know. Absolutely. All right. You guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone.